Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino, Bruno, NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. Year in and year out. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the NFL draft. I'd never seen anything like this. Well, Chris Berman is right. We haven't seen anything like this. The first round that we had had the most uh, unprecedented as far as the most trades uh, in the first round in NFL history. Uh, so that kept things uh, engaged. Uh, even if you were a fan of a team that wasn't picking to the third round, it was at the very least interesting uh, to watch. Uh, some surprises, uh, some slam dunks. Uh, and lots of question marks in between, which is what the NFL draft is all about. It's hope and promise and prayers and uh, looking forward to September, etc. when those hopes and uh, prayers get realized or lack thereof and you have executives that are looking for new gigs. Uh, this is the Heater Podcast, uh, NFL Draft Edition. Uh, with Corey Peeper and I'm Dan Lewig, uh, and we are here to do our annual NFL draft. Uh, we did our mock draft. We'll talk about how how we did and uh, and that one, and then also break down uh, first round uh, for who was picked, and then uh, best pick, uh, worst pick, uh, confusing pick, whatever that would be, of how teams fared over the course of the weekend, uh, and who should be feeling pretty optimistic uh, in the last element of the NFL activity. As we go into hibernation uh, for a bit until uh, summer comes. So when we get to training camp and all those good things. So let's dive right in. Uh, but before we do, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and NFL draft. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, there's even some surprises from the, the popcorn wagon as far as uh, a new arsenal, new draft selection for the uh, uh, what's available for folks. Yeah, I had a little extra time recently so I've wanted to experiment with a couple of different popcorns but you got to start somewhere so there's talk of a heater podcast popcorn coming kind of based off of this which would be a little hotter but I have not gotten to that one yet but first we a couple I guess it was last year we partnered with Bauer Maple not Bauer uh, excuse me, Happy Hill Maple Farms in the Sugar Bush it's called uh, made by some Clem's local customers here and we partnered to sell some of their maple syrup well, I thought, well, it's time to see if I can turn this maple syrup into a popcorn. So yesterday I experimented with a little maple syrup mixture in the popcorn and a little vanilla to get a little sweetness in it. I brought some over for the sample. I, I had a few bites. I thought it tasted good. I brought some for a sample. What did what'd you think? Like I said, uh, you came back out of the uh, the lab with your concoction, and uh, for a baseball term, you hit it out of the park. I, uh, normally the challenge when people do... Any sort of additional flavoring things, especially on the sweet sweet side, it's sweet overload. Uh, and that's always the, I mean, it's great for the, the sugar rush within it uh, on that side. But I'm, I'm more of a fan of finding that balance uh, that's there. And when I was tasting that, I wasn't like, you know, I could have a bag of this and not feel like, uh, feel guilty afterwards, number one, uh, or gut rot, number two, or any of those types of things. It was, it was perfectly sweet uh, the way it was, just the right amount of sweetness to it. Yeah, we're... I'm glad I, I tried a couple and I didn't thought, have to go back into the lab for that one. I, I think he got it nailed. So we got, I think I made 10 bags to start with. I wanted to make sure people were, were you know, 
feeling it before I made a ton of it and it went sour. So as long as it's good, yeah, we've got 10 bags. And if it sells, we're going to keep making maple syrup popcorn going forward. So is any any special names being uh, thought of with that one or just simple maple popcorn? What are you thinking? Right now it's just maple popcorn. You're you're kind of the you're you're my hype guy. You've got better names than I do. Yeah, I'll start to start working on some of the the, the specials to, to get through. We already have again next in the in the, in the lab. I've I've been advocating for this one is the heater uh, to have a little bit of extra. I got a I got a recipe for some bacon jalapeno. Oh, there so we go. We'll see. Even, you had me at bacon. I mean, that's pretty much where that where that one works. So uh, we'll look forward to some of the uh, uh, the additional uh, uh, specialty items coming out of the River Creek popcorn, and uh, uh, a chance to delve into some of those. And if uh, if your first batch is any indication of the of, of what's coming, sign me up for the the list of uh, what's headed next. Let's talk about what's headed next uh, to NFL teams as we break down the the first round again. This was the hardest draft to predict, uh, and usually it, it's interesting. It usually happens in drafts that are considered weak. Uh, because no one wants at the top where they're trying like trying to find different value where they can find if you feel like pick 15 is the same as pick 45 uh, it's gonna it's all about then who do you want uh, within it because if value is about the same you want to go and get your guy if you're not confident in a lot of players uh, you want the the player that you want to get something out of it that usually leads to more wheeling and dealing and man we had it this year uh, which is again fun to watch. Uh, but then hard to predict. So overall, as a uh, heater podcast element from our mock draft, how well did we do? So perfectly correct picks, meaning team matched up with the player in the slot. We did. We got 10 out of those out of 32. That's not as good as we've shot some years, but... I'd, I'd want to go back and look at Mel Kuypers or someone that <laughs> way and see how, how did some of the big wigs, yeah. what was their... Uh, a hit rate for because I think everyone's going to be down this year. We had some other ones right though, and like we had the right spot. We had Kyer Elam going at pick twenty three, but Arizona traded out of the pick, so I gave my I gave us half credit. So if you count half credit, we had three more, and then total we named thirty two players. There's thirty two picks in the first round. We had twenty seven of the thirty two players that we talked about got picked in the first round. So that's pretty good average still there. Uh, there were some drops, some precipitous drops that I didn't see happening. We didn't know, for example, that Malik Willis was. The quarterbacks as a whole was just a weird talk the whole week because we saw one quarterback go in the first round and none in the second round. For those that were uh, beating the drum saying he's going to stay local, Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh, uh, give yourself a pat on the back. You nailed it when, when there's been a uh, quarterback uh, – uh, controversy as far as who's going to get picked first, which team is going to take the, uh, uh, the, the plunge in it. Uh, I – First thought uh, from hearing, I, I liked the the picket to the Steelers. Uh, it made a lot of uh, a lot of sense, but I just I was not confident in Mike Tomlin signing off on a a rookie that he he's been more vocal with saying he wants a veteran. He got one uh, with at least Mitch Trubisky uh, from that side of it. So now it's just a matter of let the best man win type of thing. And if uh, if uh, the rook is ready to play in the midseason or next year or whatever the case may be. Uh, that'll be the case, but uh, he's definitely going to have to earn it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, he is. We uh, Quarterbacks were weird. I think we'll talk about it when we get to Pittsburgh here in a second, but I, I think if they had to do it over again, I wonder if Pittsburgh passes just because of where the value ended up being on the other quarterbacks. I have a friend who I talked to the next night, actually, for a few hours, and uh, he's, a he's a fan of the Steelers, and I know he thought, you know, in the, in the second round they took George Pickens, and he said, well, you know, we could have taken – 
a receiver. We could have taken a defensive lineman here and still got Malik Willis in the second round, and it sounds a little better than Kenny Pickett in the first round and what they took in the second round. So you never know. It could have worked out perfectly. Maybe it did. And Pittsburgh, I'm sure, is very happy to have Kenny Pickett. Like I said, he's he's a hometown boy able to like try to get people excited. If anyone should know the ins and outs, all the, the, the most detail you can find uh, on any player, it's the team that is local right there. You have the best relationship with the the coaching staff, the in, uh, whole university program, everything together, everything that you'd want to know on him to feel confident in the pick, you have that insider information by being the local place. So uh, they have to feel confident on their information. We'll see what, what happens within it. Time will tell as they say. Uh, let's start with Jacksonville. Let's do it. Uh, so we'll go to the uh, first overall pick. It was leading the up to the final week of the draft. Everyone was confident it was going one way. And then everything starts uh, surfacing. Uh, that That is going to change. And that's exactly uh, what happened to the point that by the end of the week, everyone felt confident now that it had changed, that Trevon Walker would be the first overall pick. And that's exactly what happened. So they went safe last year when they had the first pick overall with Trevor Lawrence, and then they shoot for the moon here with Trayvon Walker. It's the rare combination of size, speed, and length that make you say, wow, but the stats don't wow you for his career, his career at Georgia. He has 65 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and nine and a half sacks. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who gets picked second, beats those all last year. Uh, He beats every one of those stats considerably last year, so... Trayvon Walker, it's a little bit of development, but it you, could work out. You are buying upside. Uh, you are buying ceiling. Uh, and you think overall versus uh, what Aiden Hutchinson is now versus uh, what Trayvon Walker uh, can be, will be, uh, that's that's what they're going for. And we'll see if they're uh, if they're right. You know, they picked uh, another athletic guy a few years ago uh, within it who's turned into a very good uh, pass rusher in Josh Allen. Uh, so, I, again, they, they have done it well before. Uh, their GM likes to go, their new GM likes to go uh, upside uh, within it. It matched him. You hope that their scouts that were so so right uh, a few years ago are right again. Now, again, as we talked about how we're going to go about this with the, uh, with our review of the NFL draft, we're going to go team by team and talk about their first-round pick, but then we're going to give their what we feel is their best pick, and that would be more of a day three style from the, the later rounds. Who was the best uh, pick there? And then what was their worst pick? Looking at uh, the places where you don't want to miss in the first couple rounds, where's the head scratchers? Well, uh, so go ahead. Jacksonville actually had another first round pick. They traded back up. Correct. They traded back up and drafted Devin Lloyd, who in our draft, we had him going a little earlier than that. So they traded back up and got a good value there. Linebacker, definitely need for Jacksonville. They're willing to step up and fill it. Lloyd is the bigger guy. He can do it all, blitz, play some coverage. He led all linebackers and picks last season in college football, get sideline to sideline, tackle the ball carrier. I thought it was a great pick when they made it. He's the, the modern linebacker in today's NFL. And then under their best pick in the fourth round, they actually picked a guy named Chad Muma out of Wyoming. Yes, that's a kind of a fun, fun player to watch. He had 142 tackles in 13 games last year. That's over 10 tackles a game. So you're telling me that Physical they, linebacker. they added Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, and now you have two tackling machines you hope can just plug the middle of your defense for the next decade. That's uh, I, all the the pressure and focus of being on Devin Lloyd would be the first one, but uh, not to be overlooked, Chad Muma did well on the, and the, forget, what is Wyoming's conference? Is that the... Mountain West. Mountain West, thank you. Uh, and so that was uh, has great stats uh, from uh, that conference. Goes to, you know, more more competition is going to be wondering whether there's uh, uh, 
more seasoning time needed within it. But uh, you know, it, does, it it happens so often that a later round guy can outperform the first rounder uh, at the beginning. So you never know what uh, with, within that. But you like that day three pick. Four, I said for worst picks, I tried to keep it to day one or day two, and. Generally, I'll say this. I went through most of the, all these teams, and I thought, you know, a lot of these picks are pretty good. A lot of times I kind of had to squeeze it out. So I think the teams generally did pretty good. In Jacksonville's case, they kind of were forced to take a center when Brandon Linder surprisingly retired on him this offseason. So in round three, they took Luke Fortner. It's not that I don't like Luke Fortner, but I don't like him in the third round. They had They had to fill the need, so they pushed up the value. I get it. I understand why they had to, but it was probably a little bit early for me. Unless you were going uh, uh, Tyler Linderbaum in the first round, uh, it was a it's a weak center draft. Uh, there's there's projects, there's potential development, uh, but if you're taking them most of the time, if you that was a need, you were going to be taking them before their value uh, was there. That's always the danger of having a, a glaring hole. Uh, in your roster, because uh, so that's what it usually leads to. So we'll see if this, uh, if he is able to uh, step up for them uh, and at least be a, a solid starter within it. Let's go to number two, and you know, I sometimes it's all about the draft board falling to you. You'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, same way in fantasy, it uh, works so very well that way. But uh, I won't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Detroit Lions were absolutely elated to have who they viewed as the first overall pick fall to them at, at number two at a, a position of need. They were going to be going defensive end, defensive line uh, with what was here in the top two. It's just a matter of who uh, and their top pick and also another local boy. Uh, I think that's what they call a win-win. Did you see that the NFL was mad at Detroit for picking too fast? Heard some of that uh, <laughs> uh, scout. Uh, I think I don't know if it's for Monday Morning Quarterback or someone was was talking about it. But uh, they want the NFL they within the first minute. They already <laughs> had to, the pick was in. Boom, done. The NFL's like, we need to stretch this out. More TV coverage here. So yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. I said all the accolades Aiden Hutchinson got last year. He deserved. He plays like a man possessed out there. His exact quote was, I'm willing to die for this when they interviewed him after the game. Oh, that's a Dan Campbell say, player right there. That's sounds kneecaps. like the type of player that Dan Campbell craves is what I put in my notes. I would, you know, like you said when we were doing the previews, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson are going to be compared for years, rightfully so. I expect more out of Aiden Hutchinson at least right away. For the first year or two, I expect a little more out of Aiden Hutchinson than I do Trayvon Walker, but Trayvon Walker could develop into, you know, Khalil Mack or, yeah. And Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know if he has that upside, but he's going to be really good. Then Detroit. Uh, Sorry, I'll let you talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Well, I was just going to say with that one, I think what I said before when you're looking at drafting, he reminds me of uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, he some needed a little bit of time to develop, but uh, eight to 12 sacks. Uh, a good two-way player, uh, defends the run well, uh, creates uh, at least quarterback hurries, and is going to get solid stats. He's not going to get eye-popping stats, uh, but if you're in that 8-12 to 12 range uh, every year with uh, a guy that you don't have to take off the field in running downs, that's, that's a great player. That's exactly what you're looking for. It doesn't have necessarily like the all-pro uh, all ceiling, uh, but still has uh, Pro Bowl potentially. I, I, I like Aiden Hutchinson uh, as a pick for them. And they were the team when we, th- when we were first talking about moves uh, within it. They move up uh, to uh, from the end of the first round. They they jumped a long ways. And this is, this is what we're talking about as far as it being a weaker draft. The draft premium to, run, to jump about 20 spots uh, was not much. I'll have you talk about that in a second. The, the interesting one is who they picked. I don't think anyone expected... Uh, when you look at the the picks that are here, 
Uh, he's still the, and we see the run on receivers. He's still the fourth receiver off the board in the top 12 picks. But again, they wanted to make sure they got one of those top players. Uh, injuries uh, is what's holding back initially, but one of the highest ceilings of any receiver in the draft, Jamison Williams. I'm not really sure how Jamison Williams got through this whole draft cycle without hearing all the injury concerns that we heard last year about Devonta Smith. Remember, all it was last year was Devonta Smith so tiny, Devonta Smith so tiny. Jalen Waddle, same way. Yeah. yeah. And so, even though Jamison Williams is currently coming off an ACL, torn ACL, and I would expect he at least starts the year on the pup list. He says he's going to be fine for training camp, but everybody says that. I would expect he starts the year on the pup list. I, I like Jamison Williams. It, it's actually, I was talking, uh, shout out Dynasty Sports Life podcast with Jesse Severe. I was talking to him, and Jamison Williams is kind of like the first really speedy, fast receiver that Jared Goff's ever had that I could think of. Like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Amon Ross St. Brown all kind of operate in the underneath roles, and Jamison Williams can take the top off a of defense. So if they're all healthy with DeAndre Swift, DJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jamison Williams, Detroit's a very at least solid offensive line. Building something fun, right? Like, I don't know if they'll win a lot of games right away, but it's something fun, and if Jared Goff doesn't work out, Next year, you never know. New quarterback in. And and that's the point. I think when you're any team that has, uh, we're not 100% confident in, in the person taking the snaps. Build a team that is good where if you're wrong on that one, you can insert someone else in and they're going to want to be in that offense. And you've now created a, a stable offensive line. You had Panay Sewell uh, uh, last year. You already had Taylor Decker uh, to go with it. You have bookend tackles. You have Frank Ragnow uh, with it. You, you've developed a, a very good offensive line. You have the busting kneecaps, ground and pounds. You have a, uh, investing in a running game. Uh, Mons, uh, St. Brown was a. Uh, uh, a revelation awesome. last year, uh, and so you already have that. Now you're adding another receiver to it. This offense is getting interesting, and especially one uh, with that type of speed uh, when it comes to, again, if you're investing and committed to the running game, play-action passing is going to be far more interesting when you have someone with the deep threat capability that he represents. So, I, I uh, like we said in this draft, go get who you believe in. Uh, that's where what's this draft is, is all about. They did that. doesn't matter where you picked them here. If this is the guy, uh, they made an aggressive pick for it, and we'll wait and see if those if there's immediate returns to it. But I like the, both their first-round picks. What, what about their later picks? Uh, the best pick I said they made was Malcolm Rodriguez. So in the sixth round, they took Malcolm Rodriguez. He's played linebacker at Oklahoma State, but he shifted there after being a college safety. He's like 5'11 and not very big, but... Even if that means he doesn't play anything but special teams in the NFL, he's like he flies all over the field. He was, I think, he's second in the SEC in tackles last year, so that's a good position. Even if it's just special teams, worst. I went with James Mitchell. They took James Mitchell kind of early, considering they already have T.J. Hawkinson to play tight end, and Mitchell missed all of last season with a knee injury. So, you know, it's not it's not the worst pick. They only ended up having because of that big trade. They had six picks early on. I like Hutchinson Williams. Josh Pascal in the second round and Kirby Joseph were the earlier picks. So they made some good picks. Uh, Detroit got better out of this draft, I'd say. Well, let's talk about the team that has two picks in the uh, top 10 and three overall uh, in this uh, first round. Skip Houston, bud. No, I, well, there's usually a reason for that. Because <laughs> uh, I think I think even Houston skips Houston because th- this is the team that makes no sense in the things that they do. Uh, maybe they're right, uh, but... I would want someone else to say it because I wouldn't believe anything that comes from their mouth. Uh, but we have Derek Stingley as the top uh, cornerback taken. And I think also you mentioned one and two are going to be rated and compared together. Picks three and four uh, will be done the same way. 
and leading up to the draft, uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner uh, was the more the at least public perception the top cornerback in the the draft with no slouch uh, to Derek Stingley with what he uh, did in college. You might be able to say one A one B, and you take whichever one you uh, you like the most or what fits your defensive scheme the most. But uh, picks three and four are definitely going to be uh, compared and rated together. So Stingley going three after his freshman season at LSU, it was pretty much said he's going to be a top five pick. And the problem is we really haven't seen him much since then. He's played a total of 10 games the last two years. He has all the tools to be a lockdown corner, a la Stephon Gilmore, but he doesn't really tackle a whole lot. But it's not a bad pick. I thought I think we had him going 12 in ours. It's it's still a good pick. It's a little earlier than I thought. The difference I see is Ahmad Sauce Gardner, he's two inches taller and three inches longer arms, Like and he runs just as fast. So I think that Sauce Gardner is – one of the more likely candidates to win defensive rookie of the year right away. I think he's Agreed. probably going to be Darrell Rivas. That's what your Jets are hoping for. I don't know if he'll be that good, but that's what the Jets are hoping for when they picked him there. And I, I would have taken Sauce Gardner three. It's not that I don't dislike Derek Stingley. I think both of them are good picks. Are you buying Kenyon Green as a first-round uh, pick, especially a mid-round first-round pick as a guard? Of all the needs that Houston has... Can you justify taking a mid-first-round pick on a guard? Yeah, it felt a little early. It, it, they needed an O-lineman, right? They needed something on the line. They have Tunsil and Titus Howard out at tackle, and so Green should play guard where he, he can be a very good run blocker. And I think we I had him going to the Patriots, or you had one of the Patriots. One of us talked about him going to the Patriots in the draft. I thought Kenny Green should be a first-round pick, but trading back up to take him is a surprise. If you're going to trade for a like an offensive lineman, he better be a day one starter that can be an all pro within a few years. I don't know if Kenyon Green to do that. So I also have Kenyon Green as Houston's worst early pick because while I think he's a good player, I it's so hard to hit on offensive linemen that early. They have to be just so technically sound early on, a la Quentin Nelson type of player. I mean, Matt Miller's NFL comp is, is Trey Turner. So again, at least that's a solid. If you can reach that ceiling, that that's a pro bowler. I, I get it. Uh, but also I think some had uh, Zion Johnson as the better interior uh, uh, lineman uh, that was available, let alone if you're looking at center. But there were other uh, tackles available. But again, if they if they believe in uh, you have Laramie Tunzel on one side, Ty- Titus Howard at the other, you want interior linemen. Uh, and again, we'll see if uh, if they had that, uh, that pick right. Uh, this one... I guess I should stop back. Did you have a, a later round pick that you said was? I have their best pick being Damian Pierce, I guess. Uh, they need a running back desperately. Right now they're rolling out Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. So Damian Pierce, never the lead back at Florida, so he's got plenty of tread on the tires, but I just don't know how talented he is. I think he's kind of limited a la Rex Burkhead, a la Marlon Mack, and he'll probably get every opportunity to be the lead running back there, but I just don't know what he's going to do with it. Welcome to running back by committee. That's right. Uh, the Jets, you mentioned the Jets. I have two I, picks left in the I, first round. I absolutely hate having to admit this. Uh, and uh, uh, Nick Holtz, uh, if he ends up uh, listening to this, uh, will uh, be very happy to hear that. I'm sure I can hear a J-E-T-S in the background going. I love their draft. And being an AFC East fan of a different team, I hate admitting that, but they are building – with solid players, I, I liked their overall from not just their first-round picks. Uh, across the board, I liked what they did. 
the only saving grace that I have is, again, it's great to pick all these things when your quarterback is a mess anyway. So at least I know that I'm not worrying about what their going to, results are going to be, but they're building a better foundation. And that's that's the big part here, right? So Garrett Wilson at pick 110. We had that one, right? Garrett Wilson, the most complete wide receiver in the draft, pairs with Elijah Moore to give him two young receivers who can win all three levels. And now with the weapons that the Jets are going to give him, including Garrett Wilson, including they they pick Brees Hall. We'll talk about him in a second. And Jeremy Ruckert, who I really like. Zach Wilson's set up for success going forward. Now it's prove it time. Like you've got everything you need, Zach Wilson. You've got to do something with it. Uh, they traded back up into the first round again to get the Jermaine Johnson who just kept falling and falling. We had Jermaine Johnson going nine, I think, to the Seahawks. And they traded up to 26, a surprising drop for a player who could have been taken in the top 10. No one bats an eye. Rare size, speed athlete, kind of like Trayvon Walker, who can actually play the run really well too, should be an immediate starter. Um, when you talk about best picks, it's kind of hard because they trade away most of their picks, so they make five picks on the first two days and only two on day two. But I'm going to break my rule a little bit here, so I'll say Jeremy Ruckert technically breaks the rule a little bit because he went in the third round. But Ruckert, he doesn't have a whole lot of college production at tight end because Ohio State has Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and all sorts of other players to catch the ball. But I've seen Garrett Wilson pull up Garrett Wilson highlights on YouTube, and you'll see multiple ridiculous one-handed catches, including one that beat the Badgers a few years ago in the back of the end zone. I think Ruckert's a better pro than he is in college. I think they'll ask him to do more. They just signed C.J. Uzama, but Ruckert could be really good there in a year or two. And for worst pick, I put Brees Hall, but it's not that I – I think Brees Hall is clearly the best running back in this draft at day one starter for the Jets should be. Now, I just didn't expect it with Michael Carter already being there, and they picked him last year, and I think early round four, late round yeah, three. Fourth. So I, it's not that I dislike the Brees Hall pick. I had to pick somebody, and that's what I went with. But overall, like you said, I think the Jets killed at this time. And uh, we'll see what that young uh, rookie class does uh, for that team. That should make them uh, far more competitive. Even if the even if the wins aren't there, you can see them building something. And again, that's what you're what you're looking for. Uh, building things or lack thereof has been the challenge in the uh, up in the the Big Apple. Uh, what uh, what to make of two picks uh, five and seven? Now uh, you have the the Giants trying to rebuild the trenches. Do you like who they picked to build the trenches? Yeah, I like the the first two picks were great. I thought Kevin Thibodeau is another athletic pass rusher, so he pairs with, remember last year, Aziz Ojolari dropped into the second round and the Giants picked him up. So two good young pass rushers going forward. They'll call it edge now. The question is, can he play the traditional, they play a 4-3, can he move to the traditional outside 4-3 edge? He's never, Oregon plays this hybrid 3-4 scheme where he kind of stands up on the outside. So now he's going to put his hand on the ground a la Justin Tuck and all the OCU Manura that they've had for years up there. So can it work? I think so. I think it's a good pick. New uh, uh, new coaching staff might allow for more uh, flexibility on, on that end, so I think that's still be to be determined as far as how, what is their scheme going to look like under the new regime. And at pick seven, they went offensive line, so they we had them taking offensive line, not Evan Neal. We had the position right, just the wrong player, and that's okay. Uh, they've struggled to project – Daniel Jones' his whole career. They just recently said they're not going to pick up the fifth-year option there. So this is the last year possibly for Daniel Jones, and this pick will help protecting him. He can play either tackle well. He can play guard. I think he'll probably play right tackle this year for him, and it feels like one of the safer picks in the first round. I don't you see— You can never go wrong with an Alabama lineman, <laughs> seriously. It's been, it's been proven a year after year after year. If you're picking the top Alabama lineman, chances are it's a safe, solid pick. As far as best picks, I went with their very last pick. They took Darian Beavers. He played linebacker at Cincinnati, and what the thing that he can do really well is like put his hand in the ground and pass rush. So I just said they drafted 
Kayvon Thibodeau early and Aziz Ojalari, but you want to try to get as many options to rushing the passer as you can, and I think he can do that. I think they'll probably move him to more of a, an edge role than a linebacker, and he can help keep everybody a little fresher. Worst pick, and here's another tough one for me. I love what Wandale Robinson has to offer at Kentucky at receiver. I think he was awesome at it, but he's not very tall. And guess what? They drafted Kadarius Tony last year to do the same thing, and they did it wrong. Now, Brian Dable's coming in to be the new head coach. Maybe he gets some, he can actually get these guys the ball. But otherwise, you just drafted the same exact player two years in a row. And I saw that you failed last year doing it, and I have very little confidence in you doing it right this time. Question again is going to be on the on the new regime. Can they actually use the pieces and resources that they have uh, to turn something into a, a positive production? Uh, if we go to uh, Carolina, uh, we have another uh, clear need and and going after it in the in their with their first pick. Uh, they have a need on offensive line. It's been a challenge there uh, within it. Is make it harder for even even below average quarterback play cannot be masked when you have a terrible offensive line. Uh, what do you think of uh, Ekwanu, uh helping that need? Yeah, I think it's great, right? I had him going ahead of Evan Neal when we did the mock draft. So Ike Ekwanu is the most physically dominant lineman in this draft, probably the best run blocker in this class. And there's a reason he was the first offensive or the first offensive player selected is because he's got all the capabilities to right away step in and develop into a Trent Williams-type dominant left tackle for the next decade. So I love the pick. Now they need a quarterback. Is Sam Darnold, guess what? We went through the draft. Baker Mayfield's still in Cleveland. Everybody's sort of penciled in Baker Mayfield to either Seattle or Carolina. He's stayed in Cleveland the whole time. Now there's next pick. They only make two picks on the first two days. Yeah. So when I say worst pick, I have to, based off my own rules, I should pick between those two. Well, I like Ike Kwanu, and I, I like Matt Corral. They traded up. It seemed like a guaranteed here they're going to take Sam Howell and just keep him in the Carolinas as a quarterback, but instead they said, no, we want Matt Corral. I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Corral starts. But by the time this team is about two and nine at the end of the year, yep. what do they have to lose, right? Like yep. roll Matt Corral out there and see what you got. So I actually don't I have it as the worst pick. It's a good pick. Uh in the seventh round they took Kalen Barnes. I said that's the best pick. He's fun to project. He had the fourth fastest forty yard dash time ever for a defensive back at four two three. So if nothing else, you put him on special teams and you had some guy who can gunner down the field. So I, I like that pick. I think Carolina with the limited picks they have, they only ended up making I think six total. They did fine with it. Ike he said, franchise left tackle going forward. You see what you got in Matt Corral, and if not, you, you got to find a quarterback sometime for this team to win. And that'll be a question for, for next offseason most likely, and we'll see what the, uh, a nice big piece on the offensive line does to help both uh, uh, McCaffrey uh, as well as uh, 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 keeping a quarterback upright. Uh, we move to uh, pick eight as we go to the Atlanta Falcons, who... Uh, if you just remember, it wasn't that long ago uh, that they had an amazing offense. Uh, they amazing Bowl. receivers. They should have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so we had uh, elite receivers. Both are gone. Uh, well, it's one is suspended. I guess we should put that one is one uh, with age and traded. Uh, isn't that Julio Jones lit the world on fire as after he left? Uh, and then you have uh, some questionable stuff as far as... Uh, Gambling so, on the game. Some, some hip, uh, hypocritical stuff within it as far as what he did when he wasn't playing, wasn't active. Uh, when you already have all the ads going on for the all the, the online betting and sports betting within it, you it, it makes you uh, wrestle a little bit with that. But the point is, uh, they have no receivers. They have Kyle Pitts. That was a great pick last year. They have no one else. Uh, so they picked the receiver first off the board 
some argue best upside. Uh, do you think he was a clear-cut one, or is it a matter of uh, beauty in the eye of the beholder? Drake London was the first pick uh, from USC to help rebuild that receiving core. I think from day one, when they don't have any other receivers, I trust Drake London the most. Like I, I said, USC didn't have a Can whole lot of— Can you even name one of the other receivers that's on the roster for the Atlanta Falcons right now? Uh, Gage is gone. Olamide Zacchaeus, I'm pretty sure, is still there. Gesundheit. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, he counts as a receiver, right? It's because it's going to be Drake London and Kyle Pitts moving forward here. That's that's what this offense is going to be, and they have their twin worse towers, two, right? Yeah. Said, there's worse, yeah. too. I, yeah, with that height, like six foot five, uh, within, when you have that type of height, speed, uh, the, the combination, hard to guard, is, it's, a, it's an X factor when you have one. Uh, now you're building with two. Yeah. Drake London can dominate underneath, too. He's gonna. He's huge. He has a very large catch radius. Everybody at USC knew he was getting the ball, just like they're gonna know in the NFL. And he he was able to win there. So, I like Drake London. I think it's a good fit. Matt Miller's NFL comp uh, ceiling. Mike Evans. That's that. I nailed it. Like that's awesome, right? He's the same size, six. I think Mike Evans is maybe even an inch or two taller than him, which is absurd. But Drake London's big, physical. If I, actually, I would say Michael Thomas. That's the one I think he could be like. Michael mm, Thomas, though, like some that. of those years where he just he gets criticized because he's just run slant after slant, and it's like, well, stop me, like. And I think the same thing could yep. be said with Drake London. Uh, best pick, I Tyler Algier. They have no running backs either. Cordero Patterson is sort of a running back, sort of a receiver. Hybrid. Uh, Tyler Algier was big, kind of bowling ball like at BYU. I compared which, him to Michael Turner though. Which you you need that compliment if you're going to have a guy that's uh, not big. Uh, within moving around, with, you need the guy that's going to be the especially in between the tackles when you need that third and uh, third and two uh, situation when you need a running back in the fourth quarter. Uh, with that, that's the type of player you need. Uh, so it's a good fit, I would say that. Uh, worst pick, I have Troy Anderson. It's once again kind of a fun pick. I don't know how, how good he'll be, but he played quarterback for two three years at Montana State and then transitioned to linebacker, and so he's very raw at linebacker, but he also has. Amazing size, too. He got picked in the second round at, I think it's 6'4", maybe. But he was like a power-running quarterback, a la Tim Tebow, who they moved to linebacker for the last couple of years and got drafted in the second round of the NFL. It's not a bad pick. It's just, it's a little early for me. You a fan of irony? Sure. Because uh, you have Seattle investing uh, in the uh, top 10 uh, pick in an offensive lineman uh, when that was the whole Russell Wilson leaves as soon as Russell Wilson leaves, you know, and that's, that's the, uh, what you've always needed and never, uh, was able to, to do, uh, it's now who you've, uh, picked here. Uh, again, it great, uh, young left tackle, Charles Cross from Mississippi state, a uh, lot to like about him. High ceiling. Uh, you, it, again, it's a pick that has made sense for years. It's just, uh, sad that you couldn't do it when you still had an all pro quarterback. I actually have down under worst pick. I'll skip to that part. This is the most logical that the Seahawks have drafted in years, so it's hard to criticize any. Uh, that's what I'd say is, for once, they drafted normally, and now, like you said, now they're in this full-on rebuild. The one thing you can say is they didn't take a quarterback, right? So you're going in with Drew Locke at this point. Unless you make a late trade for Baker, you're going in with Drew Locke. And I've seen Drew Locke play with Denver, and you could say, oh, he's got great receivers in Seattle. Denver has pretty good receivers. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, at least competent, like – I don't have a whole lot of faith in Drew Locke, but yeah, I love Charles Cross. Could be a great left tackle for him for a long time. And they made two second round picks back to back. Boye Mafe, they needed pass rush. And then they, I don't know why they took Kenneth Walker as a running back. They already have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. I know Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, but once again, you're in that running back by committee thing here. Well, I, again, you're uh, 
and this is why I think trading for Baker Mayfield makes sense for them to at least be competitive. Because also, like you look at next year, uh, if you're going to say we're going to we're just going to use what we got for for this year and then try to get higher picks next year, because you have two next year, right? You still have Denver's for next year, is that I right? Think so so yes. they, have two, they have two first round picks in next year's draft. So I guess you could go that angle, saying we're going to do Drew Locke with the point of being. Uh, somewhat tanking uh, to try to get the, one of the better quarterbacks in next year's draft. With that being the idea, the problem is you have competition uh, within there's that. Really Philadelphia has three uh, three first-round oh, yeah. picks next year. Like, there's teams that, again, you have to factor in what is possible for you. What, what is the likelihood of you getting one of the top two or three guys? And then that's how you have to evaluate from there. If you don't think you can get there, uh, then I would consider Baker Mayfield uh, because, again, can be at least be a solid guy. You would at least be on the fringe of uh, wild card. Uh, but if you can build up the, the rest of it, again, here's what I'm getting at. If Drew Locke is your quarterback, none of those running backs are going to matter. They're going to put eight in the box and dare you to, to throw uh, and get it there. Now, again, do you have the receiving core that could do it? Do you have the quarterback that can get it there? And then also a line that can hold up long enough to do it. So there's, there's question marks, and you really have to decide and commit to which way you want to go. Uh, Baker Mayfield is out there, but at the same time, if you're saying, no, we want a guy that's uh, a higher ceiling uh, and going at it, okay, but understand the challenge of trying to get through the uphill battle uh, that is going to be there. It's going to be interesting to see what Seattle does. I want to mention just one more late-round pick from Seattle quick. In the fifth round, they picked Tariq Woolen, who a lot of people thought could go like in the third round. He's a long cornerback, which they've had unbelievable amounts of success with. He's, I think, 6'4", and he was just absolutely tore up the combine at his size with out of UTSA, so that's one to watch going forward. That's the type of player that they seem to love and have good success with up there. What I will say about the New Orleans Saints is they only pick the guys they love. They The team that moves up and down the board more than any other team, I believe, and going after what they their guys. Uh, and so we have uh, uh, more moving and shaking from the, the Saints. They went after, I think, the smoothest receiver uh, in the NFL draft, the second Ohio State receiver to be picked, Brian Hartline put something in the water over there as receivers coach of the Ohio State uh, University. Uh, and Chris Olav is uh, 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 an excellent pick. Again, I don't know if it. This is a team that has a lot of needs, so it doesn't necessarily solve a need. So that's part of the. The only question mark is not on the the pick itself, but is on uh, is receiver really what they needed the most in the first round? Yeah. Well. The critic, I said the criticism for Michael Thomas is he wins at one level, right? Slants. Well, Olave can get deep. He can get open underneath. He can get open in the middle of routes. So Jameis Winston, we know one thing about Jameis Winston. It's he loves to chuck the ball deep. And so getting Chris Olave there, that's that's a big need for him. And I liked that pick a lot. I thought maybe it was a little early. Michael Thomas back from injury. It's yeah, That's a fun team, right? Like Alvin Kamara is still there. So you have a team that you can build around. They needed offensive line help, though. We said that they had another first round pick and they filled it. Teron Pennig or Trevor Pennig replaces Teron Armstead, who left us a free agent. So Pennig has that dominant size. His only question is he's coming from Northern Iowa, right? So what's the level of competition the jump going to be like for him? I, I don't have how a- long to get the the consistency needed uh, in the NFL. I, and that's the number one thing. It's not just about elite talent, but it's the consistency uh, with which you can use it. Because on the offensive line, especially left tackle, inconsistent left tackles 
uh, get their quarterbacks on stretchers, uh, and and that's the <laughs> that's the challenge that is there. And so picking someone from a smaller school is a matter of the consistency. They have elite traits, elite uh, talent that is there, but can they perform at the consistent level that you need? When again, you will be putting him into the the, the fire right out of the gate uh, as a starter on the left hand side. As far as their best pick, I put DeMarco Jackson in the sixth round because he certainly has the pedigree. This one's I got this one from ESPN. So he's the only player in the Division One level in the last in the two thousands. So we're at twenty twenty two here two thousands with any season that included one hundred and twenty tackles, nineteen tackles for loss, six sacks, and six passes knocked down. And he did that last year. So at safety, at coming out of App or at linebacker coming out of App State, that's a good pick. The worst pick, I only had three picks to choose from, so I'll take third one because I already talked about Olave and Penning. I'll take the third one here and I'll talk about Alante Taylor. Alante Taylor was a cornerback at Tennessee and they're going to have to ask him to replace safety because Malcolm Jenkins retired. Marcus Williams left as a free agent. I think he went to Baltimore. Now, I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. There is a rumor at least that they are signing Teron Matthew to help replace some of that production as well. So he's going back home to LSU. So when I wrote this, it he was not officially signed. If he signs, then Alante Taylor can slot corner it up or nickel or something like that too. Uh, been talking about Matt Miller's uh, NFL comp. Uh, this one is about as close as I guess. I just wanted to jump in with Chris Olave one more time with uh, comp there. Uh, another alum. Another alum? I was going to say Stefan Diggs. Uh, is it Michael Thomas? No, yeah. he's not as big. Uh, uh, college alum. Mm. Oh, Terry McLaurin. You got it. Yeah. I think it was Ohio State guys. Uh, so let's take a look now. We, we go down to pick 13. We have uh, Philadelphia. Uh, and, again, another team that I, I think they just went BPA for the most part with the guys that were right there. I, I liked uh, uh, the ceiling of some of these guys. I'm a huge fan of Jordan Davis. Uh, again, the question for him, again, is also consistency, right? He's got off the charts uh, uh, skill set. His uh, NFL combine made people wonder if, if it was even real. Uh, it was it was almost Madden type numbers. Uh, someone that big should not be able to run that fast, uh, and, and so it's a matter of again he on a very talented Georgia line. Uh, he didn't have to play as many snaps uh, within it. So I think that's the only question when it comes to it. He has a massive ceiling, as massive as his size. Uh, the question is, does he realize it? I like I. Uh, Fletcher Cox uh, now being gone with uh, one more year. They brought him back. Year. That's right. That's right. So that's the advantage. That's what I have here is as big of a man as Jordan Davis is, he doesn't, he's never played full time. Georgia has an unbelievable defense. They're going to have another. We have, we'll talk about a defensive tackle that the Packers picked, and they have another one that likely will get picked next year in the first round in Jalen Carter. So Georgia has always had Jordan Davis rotate, and he gets to do that at least initially in the NFL because they brought back Fletcher Cox. They still have Javon Hargrave after this year. Both of them are free agents. They could leave. Jordan Those Davis are steps two in. Pro Bowl oh, tackles. As far as like you, what a, a better situation for a guy with that type of talent to learn from two guys that have done it for so long and put in the work. Uh, with I think that's an excellent fit as far as him uh, learning what it means to be a pro and to compete at that level. I think that type of experience in the defensive tackle room is huge. I love I love the pick. I love what Philadelphia did here. I hope they can convert. We mentioned. When we did the mock draft, they had multiple first-round picks. Well, they only make one first-round pick because they traded their other one for we both made our guess which wide receiver would get traded, and we were both wrong. Debo Samuel is still very much on the Niners. I was wrong there. Uh, you said, did you guess Terry McLaurin? That was your guess? Or did you guess A.J. Brown? Did you get A.J. Brown right? 
ah, I have to go back and remember. <laughs> I can't say off the top of my head. I can't quite can't remember. Well, uh, anyway, AJ Brown got traded draft night to the Eagles. Uh, guess what? That one best as far as the receivers that were taken that night. I'll take AJ Brown. He's already proven it, and so they paid him a hundred million. Great move for the Eagles. You already have the contract extension lined up, kind of like. Uh, 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 from uh, Tyreek Hill, already having that deal from the, both the, the trade and then the contract extension. For their best pick, though, I have, we talked on draft, when mock draft time, where's N'Kobe Dean going to go? Where's N'Kobe Dean going to go? Well, for some reason, he just kept dropping. He just kept dropping. And then it came out that there's some medicals there that we don't really know about, but N'Kobe Dean as a third-round pick is cheating. Like, that's cheating. It's a person we thought could go as high as 20th overall. I don't care if he needs surgery and he's been gone for the, the year with him. You have to wait a year to get production. His That talent level in the third round, you bet on that every time. Yep. It could all work out, and he could end up being the best this best pick in this draft. I think Philadelphia, we're going to talk about another team that always is amazing at this, but I think Philadelphia is probably the best or the second-best draft in this, in this year is what I have. For a worst, I have Cam Jurgens, but I don't. I like it. Once again, Jason Kelsey's got a year left before he retires, so they drafted his replacement who gets to learn a year. It's a great pick, too. I, I love what Philadelphia did. So you mentioned another team that perennially does well hey, drafting. Hey, what do you know they're next? And what do you know? Uh, we're coming to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and again, they did the uh, let the board come to them. I think Jordan Davis is one they wouldn't have mind having if he was on the board, uh, but having a guy that was considered a top-five pick fall to them uh, at, uh, uh, at pick 15, uh, 14. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, uh, feels very much like a Baltimore pick. And again, you look at their draft picks, and I'll, I'll let you talk through that here. Uh, but when you look at their draft, you look and go, like, yep, that's a Baltimore Ravens draft. It, they're so good at this. Like, they just wait, draft the best player. You could tell me they have the three safest picks and like three top 10 players in this draft because we're going to talk about this. Because Kyle Hamilton, rock solid. Like, Rock solid. Everything you see, saw at Notre Dame is this guy. I don't. Do you have your NFL comp thing up there? Does it say Ed Reed? Because it could say Ed Reed. I don't know if it does re- re- replacement players, but you know they don't necessarily have a need for him with Chuck Clark. And I said they brought in Marcus Williams, but he can play both safety spots. He can play slot corner. He's big enough to play a hybrid linebacker. Derwin James. They want that more, one works. They, yep, they want more recent. Works. Okay. I said earlier at Mod Sauce Gardner's a pretty high chance to win Rookie of the Year. This is actually my pick right here. I'll take Kyle Hamilton to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. If I'm a betting man, that's my choice. Well, because he's not the only uh, safety that's back there. They spent big money on Marcus Williams. So now you have uh, an amazing tandem. You have, uh, you have talent and experience on the other side, so it allows uh, uh, it allows uh, uh, Hamilton to not have to take on the full communication role. He has a chance to let his talent uh, dictate without having to be the main guy back there, uh, and they're going to be able to use him in a variety of ways. Like, I love the the fit. Uh, I love the who his uh, uh, partner is, the tandem there. Uh, an excellent rookie of the year candidate right there. Well, they had another first round pick. Uh, remember what I just said about picking the best players? Well, they did it again. At least the safest players, like the safest picks that they have, were Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum. So pick twenty five, Tyler Linderbaum's there. When we did the preview, Dan said. You put Tyler Lindebaum in the right zone running scheme, he's elite. Guess what? Baltimore runs the zone scheme because they have Lamar Jackson. So they run it very well. Plug and play, day one starter at center. And then when you just talk, you know, I said they're so good at this. Third round, David Ajabo, who could have easily been top yes. 10 pick, just sitting there. Now, he probably won't play this year because he tore his Achilles at his pro day, but hey, we'll take him. Michigan, I believe they have Michigan's defensive coordinator working for them now. So I, it was... Such a great pick. I said, you could easily say that Kyle Hamilton, 
Tyler Linderbaum and David Ojabo were all top 12, top 15 talents, and they got all three of them. Travis Jones, I was talking to one of my friends, and I said, and I think he could go 33rd overall. It was the first pick of the second round. The Buccaneers needed a defensive tackle. They didn't take him. Travis Jones fell to the third round. Baltimore took him. What do you know? They are great at finding defense. And then even the fourth round, they took Daniel Falele. Uh, you want to talk about Jordan Davis being big? I think Daniel Falele is like 6'8", 370. A mountain of a man. Like, is they had Alejandro Villanueva the last couple of years. Like, that's the type of size that Falele has. And you're not going to have to play right away, but you take a chance well, on somebody that big. Someone with that elite, elite size, you're believing it. Uh, can you coach him up? And this is a, an organization that has re, uh, repeatedly done that. So, again, if, if he's going to go anywhere and have a chance to have starter upside, I, I love where he's going to have the best shot uh, to do that. Uh, when we look at the the next pick, we go to 16th overall, and we have uh, the Washington uh, uh, Commanders. Commanders. And the – I again, there's some questions as far as how early picked, but as far as fit, I'm coming around on this one. Uh Johan Dotson is a electric uh, wide receiver as far as having the, uh, think of your slot receiver, think of punt returner, someone who can uh, uh, make something happen, blow the top off a of defense. This is his potential there uh, within it. Um, the uh, When you put him together with McLaurin, and with him already being more of your uh, uh, route runner on the other side to go with it, I, it makes sense overall, but it definitely feels like a reach. Yeah, I just here's my question with Jahan Dotson: What does he give you that Traylon Burks doesn't give you, except for three more inches and fifty more pounds? That that's yeah. my question, right? Like yeah. Jahan Dotson, I, I like Jahan Dotson as a second round pick. Like if you'd have told me he went where Wandale Robinson went, I'd have said, "Yep, yeah, that that's a good pick." Like if you put him in the right system, but. I think he's kind of capped at Jamison Crowder is the one I've always said. He's very much like Jamison Crowder and Washington had success with Jamison Crowder. So could he go out and put up 80 catches and make me look like pretty foolish? Yeah, he could, but I don't think he gets down the field. Like Traylon Burks, at five foot nine, Jahan Dotson's not jumping over an NFL cornerback. Like that ain't going to happen. Whereas Traylon Burks can do that. So Matt it's just kind of weird to me. Matt Miller's comp is Tyler Lockett. I go back and look at his size. I didn't think he was that small. He's not very big. I don't know. Lockett, you mean? Or Jahan Dotson? Uh, that was the the, the comp ball? ceiling. Oh. Uh, so for, yeah. for Dotson to lock it. I don't think Tyler Lockett can get down the field. I don't know if – I don't think Jahan Dotson can get open deep. As, I don't think he's as fast as Tyler Lockett. Maybe he is. Maybe he proves me wrong. Tyler Lockett, at least from NFL.com, uh, stats 5'10", 182 uh, is what we have there. And I'm looking at 5'11", five, uh, five 178 yeah. is what they're saying for, for Dotson. I, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, just because you can have the same height and weight doesn't necessarily mean there's the same comp. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Again, they were they were right on McLaurin. We'll see if they're right on on Dotson. How do you have the rest of their draft shaken out? Uh, I I have Jahan Dotson. It's the worst just because I don't like it. But the best pick. So the commander said they're committed to Carson Wentz as their new quarterback, and we're going to do everything to help out Carson Wentz. And they got Jahan Dotson, and then they tr- started off the fifth round with Sam Howell who some people, people that I trust, had him as their top quarterback. Like, a lot of people love what Sam Howell has to offer. So if Howell had come out after his junior year, so last year's the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance class, I think he's probably considered a better prospect than Mac Jones last year. Where Could he have went in the first round? I think so. So once again, Carson Wentz has lost his job in Philadelphia. He's lost a job basically in Indianapolis. So I'm not 100% convinced that Sam Howell doesn't 
play at some point too because Carson Wentz pretty injury prone. So I, I kind of like that pick. Can I tell you the other team that I feel is quickly emerging as just drafting well, a BPA, They're good at hitting, it. Uh, hitting teams within it. They've done it for the last couple of drafts, and with this pick, I think they've done it again. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, picked Zion Johnson, uh, who has one of the uh, better like positional flexibility uh, of where he can be on the offensive line. Uh, he's shown uh, good skills from a, a guard. I think that's where people think he has the, uh, the, the highest ceiling. Uh, but could you see him at uh, right tackle? Quite possibly. Uh, could you see him at center? Uh, during the, uh, senior, the senior Bowl, bowl uh, t- coaches were trying him out there, uh, and some very much had an, a high grade on him from the center position. Again, time to develop in that position, but they liked him. I think, again, one of the safer picks uh, in this draft, Zion Johnson to the Chargers. They needed more offensive line help. It was Meade meeting uh, BPA, uh, which, again, is what... Baltimore routinely does. I think the Chargers are quickly becoming another one of those teams. Yeah, my first line is another great pick where value meets need, which is exactly what you just said. I, he's an instant upgrade right away at either right guard where they're playing Storm Norton or right tackle where they're playing Trey Pipkins. I think he starts at guard and dominates for a couple of years, and then he slides out to tackle, which is a la what I think the Packers are going to do with Elton Jenkins now. Uh, he's been an all-pro left guard, and I think they're going to probably slide him to right tackle for the foreseeable future here. So, yeah, I love Zion Johnson. And the, my best pick I have for them is in round six, they drafted Jamari Salier out of Georgia, who can play all five offensive line positions and do it pretty well. So I, he's got a physical strength. Like, you could tell me that Zion Johnson and Salier are their starting guards within a couple of years, and I'd be like, yeah, you did great. So – I love what the Chargers did too. I have their worst pick as JT Woods only because they already have, you mentioned Derwin James, right? All pro, um, unbelievable at safety. And they drafted Nasir Adderley a few years ago. So they have a good safety kind of combination there. But I understand that you're, you're looking at playing the Raiders who now have a pretty impressive receiver. You play the Chiefs who have an impressive passing attack and Denver just added Russell Wilson. So injuries you, being with you the, need what a lot of secondary options is, is a nice thing too. Uh, you know, we've been mentioning as far as how teams have been doing the draft uh, and looking at NFL comps. Uh, I, I will say props to this team for uh, for drafting the person that the, they, they traded away. Uh, Tennessee Titans trade away A.J. Brown on the draft night uh, trade. Philly's going to like that, uh, that move overall. Uh, and especially anyone we haven't even talked about as far as evaluating receivers being moved. Uh, why would you not give up a first-round pick for A.J. Brown? I just thought of who you thought was going to trade. You said D.K. Metcalf. I said uh, Depot Samuel. And both yes. of them are still there, but A.J. Brown did get traded. And uh, the Titans, to their credit, uh, drafted a guy that has been given so many comps to uh, being A.J. Brown, and that's Traylon Burks, uh, 6'2", 225. Uh, he is a, uh, a physical, hulking uh, receiver uh, that... With time to develop, uh, could you see him being A.J. Brown? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you. The window on the Titans is closing fast. Their winning window is closing. Derrick Henry is, I think he's 28, going to be 29 soon, and guess what? There that, is That 30 is a hard and fast rule for running backs. Especially when you've had, I mean, this is a guy who's gotten 50 carries a game in high school and like 30 carries a game. So he's going to age really quick. Now, I love Derrick Henry. Roll Tide, Alabama, all day. But... Their window's closing in a hurry. So you can't afford to take too many rebuilding years here. So as far as, like, first-year production goes, I Traylon, Traylon Burks is probably, along with Drake London, the two most likely ones, I think, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because they're going to get a lot of options and a lot of balls thrown to him. 
especially, again, in a run-oriented offense where play-action passing, and that is also the strength of Ryan Tannehill. It's it's the play-action. Uh, he's going to have opportunities to, to shine in, in the role that's going to most naturally meet his skill set right out of the gate. How do you have their uh, uh, best pick later? Well, best, best we have to discuss Malik Willis here because Malik Willis could have went nine to Seattle and said, hey, we're going to try to replace Russell Wilson, and no one probably is too upset about it. I don't think it's overly criticized if he goes in the top ten. He just kept falling and falling and falling. And so in the third round, Tennessee drafted him. Now he lands in a great opportunity here behind a quarterback who, guess what? We lost, Ryan Tannehill lost his job in Miami. Like, Ryan Tannehill is – he had some success in one year, but he's not like – we're not – I'm not ready to say Ryan Tannehill is a lock solid starter for the next five years in my or in at, Tennessee. At his peak, he went to the offense that was designed for him perfectly with the Titans, and that's why they, you know, went AFC Championship. They, they came awfully, awfully close uh, within it. That's him at his peak. He's not consistent, and you know, there's also injury issues throughout uh, throughout his career. So, uh, I, again, have we already seen the best of what he can offer for them? Quite possibly. Uh, his contract is at a point they couldn't make any moves for it. Uh, that changes after this year. Do you have your comp up for Malik Willis? Because my guess would be Ryan Tannehill's pretty similar. He's a little faster version of Ryan Tannehill, but he can. He has a big arm. I like the Malik Willis pick. I like a lot of their picks, actually. Again, they drafted... What was that overall? Uh, he was picked in the third round. I think 20th in the third round or somewhere around there. But in the fourth round, they picked Hassan Haskins and... Jalen Hurts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good one too. So, like I said, Malik Willis within the next couple of years is going to get a chance to start in Tennessee, I think. And he could be very good there. In the fourth round, they picked Hassan Haskins. I think that's great. I said Derrick Henry's aging out probably in a couple of years. And in the other fourth round pick, they picked Chigazim Okonkwo. And this is a team that needs a tight end. And Okonkwo can get open. He ain't going to block a lick, but he is going to catch a lot of passes there. So, Tennessee, another team that kind of low-key killed it. So we talked about Pittsburgh being the first team to take a quarterback off the board. What do you see from the rest of their draft? Yeah, once Pickett was Pickett was a big one, and then they had a couple of day two picks still with Pickens, where they went with George Pickens and Demarvin Leal. I'm going to go with Demarvin Leal as their best. He's the type of player that can fit like flourish in the scheme that Pittsburgh plays. He was always kind of undersized playing tech defensive tackle at Texas A&M. I don't think he weighs 300 pounds, but. In Pittsburgh, they're going to ask him to play that 3-4 defensive end position that they've ran there for years with the big inside tackle, and I think he fits defensive end really well. Here's my problem with their draft is after they pick George Pickens in the second round, which I think basically means you're going to play Claypool on one side, uh, Deontay Johnson moves the slot, and Pickens probably plays the outside there. In the top of the fourth round, they picked Kelvin Austin. I just have a massive criticism against all receivers who are under five foot eight. This was the 2-2 Atwell thing last year. Yep. I just you have to scheme them up so much to get those guys the ball. And if you already have Deontay Johnson in the slot, where does Calvin Austin fit on this team? Let's put the peak of most recent guys that are that small that have had productive NFL careers. Jakeem Grant, and and that's uh, and, a special team, right? Like correct. And and every time they try to make him more than that because the the speed is so tantalizing, the hands aren't there. And then if you if you've ever watched him try to do like uh, any like receiver screens or they're trying to get him out in open space, when someone touches him, it's like a ping pong ball. He bounces uh, off of guys within it, like not bounce as far as keep going, you know, fl- flying back backwards to the ground type of bouncing. He's too small. 
it just doesn't work in uh, in, in the NFL. And so, by and large, for someone who has reached his ceiling and been a Pro Bowl player as a special teamer, you didn't see it, it there. So, again, you see the coaches getting uh, and scouts getting uh, lured in by the speed, but these are not NFL-sized players. You can only do so many exceptions uh, with, with before you run into problems. Can we move to Kansas City? Yeah. Here's one where uh, anyone that had a later round pick in the first round and wanted receiving help, you absolutely nailed it as far as saying what's going to be there when we draft. Uh, they went for veteran now, for win now, gave up a first-round pick in, in a weaker draft, and look at this draft board. Who's left at this point, a wide receiver-wise? Uh, so you think of, uh, we're getting near the spot, uh, and they traded up here uh, for this spot, but overall, like where Miami was, was going to draft. Uh, you can either get Tyreek Hill, uh, or you can get George Pickens. Uh, and that's, that's, that's where you are. So uh, uh, Kansas City, the question is, they made some good defensive. Uh, I love the players they drafted. The question is, with the need, again, with a huge hole that uh, Tyreek Hill has left in that offense, should they have gone receiver? But then again, who was left to do that? Uh, how does that look at their overall draft? Again, Trent McDuffie and George Kalafkis, uh, solid uh, uh, start day one starters with, with more potential beyond. Yeah, McDuffie is the best tackling corner in this class, and can play man and zone, and he'll probably be asked to play right away. Both Tyron Matthew and Chavarius Ward left as free agents, so Bills and need a corner. You mentioned Karloftis. If it wasn't such a deep edge class, he probably could have gone in the top 15 and maybe should have. He's he's really talented, and along with Frank Clark, you know, they'll give plenty of teams fits as far as getting after the quarterback and getting the ball out in a hurry. You uh, uh, like the, the ceiling of Sky Morgan. They, they, there wasn't a first-round grade anymore there, but it wasn't – uh, as if they didn't address the position, do you like Sky Moore from Western Michigan? I certainly do. I so you just said you have to replace Tyreek Hill. No, not one person is replacing Tyreek Hill, right? So they brought in Juju, right? He's going to operate underneath. They signed Marquez Valdez Scantling. If there's one thing I know Marquez Valdez Scantling can do, it's run fast and get I open deep. I have the need yeah. for speed. That's what he does, right? And and Sky Moore, he's coming out of Western Michigan, but if you've ever watched him, and I've watched Western Michigan because I'm a nut, but uh. He, he gets open, like, underneath. He's a very good route runner, and Western Michigan Separation. moves the ball. Yeah, he can get open. So I love Sky Moore pick, actually. I think, I said, you're not going to replace Tyree Kill, but they still have Travis Kelsey. You add all these other players into what they have. The, the Kansas City Chiefs will have a very good offense still, minus Tyree Kill. It's not going to More just... rotational and using guys to their strengths, uh, they will kill you with depth. Yes, they will. Yes, that's a good way for it. I just want to mention one of their picks here quick. Yeah. Last year, remember, they added Trey Smith late. He kept falling because of medical concerns, and he went and started all 17 games for him at right guard after being drafted in the sixth round because they're a good team. And this year, they drafted Darian Kennard, who very well could do yes. that again. He Kentucky, just kept, right? Yep. Just yeah. kept dropping. Dominated the SEC all year last year like Trey Smith. Just kept dropping. They got him in the sixth round. I wouldn't be shocked if Darian Kennard isn't a very good starter from day one for that team. I, again, a, a team that has drafted very well here. When you think of contention windows and keeping that contention window open, you can either draft poorly and frustrate a quarterback and lead to a trade, or you can draft well and say, again, we don't need as much elite in other positions. We just need quality depth at, at, at all those positions and let him dominate through. Uh, we watched Tom Brady do that for how many years in New England? Uh, Mahomes can very well do that here. They've added talent around him, and he will uh, will uh, 
make them all shine as well as he does. Defensively is where they were looking at more longer-term help. You like what they did in this draft uh, along with that. Uh, Moving to the uh, Wisconsin's uh, uh, brightest and best, uh, as we look at uh, the Packers, uh, you had... Uh, I went back and looked uh, at stuff with her. I, I read stuff afterwards for reviews. Uh, you you met Mel Kuyper's rage, and then you met his praise uh, from uh, first and, and second round. Uh, and for the casual Packer fan, uh, knowing that you traded Devontae Adams, knowing that you let go of uh, of Scantling uh, with the, like, we need receiver in the worst way, and then you draft a... Uh, linebacker with the first overall pick. Again, a casual Packer fan would be saying, what is going, uh, what in the world is going on here? Uh, as an old coach uh, used to used to say. Uh, but in connection to first round and who they did pick, and then at their draft overall, once you looked at the full thing, I think even the casual fan felt pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, so Quay Walker ended up getting picked first, and he wasn't even the first Georgia linebacker that many people thought would get picked. I said Nicole B. Dean ended up falling due to his medical concerns, but it's not that Quay Walker was a slouch. He's just another guy that 15 players got picked from Georgia, including I think six in the first round, right? Like they have an unbelievable defense. So just like we said with Trayvon Walker, if you're looking for individual statistics, it's hard to find them because there's so many options there. But what it says was by picking Quay Walker, the Packers have basically fully transitioned to this 4-2-5 defense they play. They, they're they going to play two linebackers. Devondre Campbell's one, Quay Walker's the other. In order to play that, though, you have you to have big physical linebackers. big linemen, right? You need big linebackers, and you need linemen to hold them off of them. Well, Kenny Clark dominates the middle. He's amazing, right? So you need another defensive tackle. Who's going to get after it? Pick 28. They score right back to Georgia, and they say, we'll take Devontae Wyatt, who could have went 10 picks earlier, right? He could have easily went to the 22nd pick. You mean taking uh, two players from a historic uh, championship <laughs> defense is a good way to go? I, I love it. I think it was great. So... The, the reason that Devontae Wyatt dropped, he's a little older. That's why I thought the Packers won't take him, right? He's 24. He had to go to a, a junior college because he had bad grades out of high school. So he ended up at Georgia, dominated. As George, Jordan Davis is amazing, but he eats space. The Packers don't need someone to eat space. They need they want someone who gets after the quarterback. And Devontae Wyatt's the defensive tackle who could do that there. So NFL comp for him is Christian Wilkins, who I watched mm-hmm. Miami take in like a top 11, 12 overall pick. You're getting him at the end of the first round. Yeah, that's it. athletic freak. Like, he can do exactly what the Packers want. You want as good as it is to have pass rush on the edge, and they'll have that. They still have Preston Smith. They still have Rashawn Gary. They'll have pass rush on the edge. You want pass rush up the middle, right? You can't step into it. So you put Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt next to each other. It's great. You can't double-team everyone. No, you can't double-team everyone, and right? So that leads to more more possibilities. And you, you defensively, more stout, more physical, uh, and then allowing your already skilled position players to do what they do best. The Packers... I've been years. I've been built on offense. We've said, where's the defense coming? Where's the defense coming? This This team should have like a top three to five defense, if not better in the league. It is a very talented defense right now that they've built. Do you argue with the, again, you look at guys that Marquise Brown uh, was traded. You had uh, AJ uh, Brown uh, was traded. Uh, Tyreek Hill. You have guys that were were out there. Uh, Is there an argument to be made to say like, you're in a win now mode for that offense. Uh, and still, regard, and we're going to talk about the receiver they did draft, uh, but at this point, w- when you're in that, uh, you have to contend now, not two years from now, three years from now within it. Uh, they, they drafted well, but as far as like the major hole now of not, uh, where's the receiving room? 
Uh, is that going to be the, the do they not invest enough in that position, whether it's trading for a veteran to replace Adams uh, or anything within it? Is there is there too much of a hole there to let the draft take care of? Look, I, I would love to say the Packers, seen the Packers trade for A.J. Brown, you mentioned D.K. Metcalf, but you got to pay him. And and they have such they are so cash strapped because of the fact you know you have a good team right like yep, yep. I don't want to sit here and complain about the fact the Packers have a good team but they have to pay after this year one of Adrian Amos Darnell Savage or Jair Alexander won't be there because they won't be able to pay him it'll be the same thing as we've seen before they just cannot keep all the good players they have so a AJ Brown's are drafting well it, that's a good yeah AJ Brown's four year hundred million dollar contract is it's it's not tenable for what the Packers have to offer they they took Devontae Adams' money, and they were able to re-sign Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas, and it's it's a good team. But I would have loved to see Marquise Brown or DK Metcalf end up in the green and gold, but they, they have to – part of the advantage of the, rookie pay, wait, of the rookie wage scale is it's cheaper, right? And so you have to hit on some of these guys. Well, And, again, we'll still wait and see. There are still uh, veterans that are out there. Could mm-hmm. they give a more yeah. uh, smaller deal? Jarvis Landry uh, is, is, is still out there. There's others that are within it. Could they still – add a veteran here on a more lower-level deal so, that wants to be on a, a competing team and catch passes from uh, from Rodgers? Most certainly so possible. Let's, let's talk the receiving core right now. Let's do it. Go, because this is obviously the local team. We're spending more time on them. Uh, Sammy Watkins got signed as a free agent. Now, talent-wise, it's, it's all there. Health-wise, it's a major question mark always. But it's a fine signing for a relatively low risk. They still have Randall Cobb. I know he's not the Randall Cobb that he once was. He can operate underneath. Lazard. We liked Alan Lazard is very tall and physical, and they love the fact that he blocks. And we actually liked the pick of Amari Rodgers last year. We didn't see a whole lot of him. I'm not writing off Amari Rodgers in one year. And then they went out and they added three more. So flashback a month ago, I'm talking to my uncle, and he's like, Corey, who are the Packers going to draft? I said, I guarantee you they're going to love one of three. They're going to love two of these five guys. Christian Watson, George Pickens, Sky Moore, Romeo Dubs and Isaiah Weston. So they picked, the, they traded back up. They had two second round picks. They moved them for one second round pick. And Christian Watson's the pick. Six uh, four runs like a gazelle. Like he, athletic traits off the charts. They love guys like that. Athletic traits off the charts. You watch the highlights at North Dakota State, and everybody else looks like they're running in cement. He he runs so fast. He makes he just blows by the defense. Now he has a drop problem. Guess what? He's catching passes from Jimmy Smith's out there at North Dakota State. That one's Trey Lance left. Now he's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's worth – you bet on the upside every time on what you're going to get there. And I said, I like Romeo Dubs, too, who they picked a couple rounds later. Romeo Dubs, a Nevada product, set records. I think he had 19 catches in a game last year. He, he can do exactly what the Packers want and that he operates down the field and he wins underneath. The Packers love guys who can get open deep and they love guys who can get open short because they, the, they don't attack the middle of the field too much. So – I think it's great. I think that at least one of those, you want one of them to work out. And like you said, maybe they sign a veteran free agent. Cuts are going to happen. NFL teams will cut guys. There's, there's uh, You double and triple down, especially in a position of need. And you're, again, by uh, war of attrition, that you hope you just nail one. Uh, and there's a chance to get get more than that. Again, the, Mel Kuyper was the one that was uh, ranting and raving in his review after day one. It was like, again, at this stage in the draft, Look at the run on receivers. Who's left that's worth a first round, a first round great? It wasn't. You're better getting a better, impactful defensive player uh, with it, and then waiting until the second round, which is, by the way, historically 
where where the you, Packers dominate. Where you get your not only I mean historically teams, teams like you find your your good receivers in the second round. Packers are the team that do that very well in that bread and butter uh, uh, value pick uh, as far as that goes. And uh, the guy that Mel Kuyper wanted them to pick in the first round, they got in the second round. And they got two other quality defensive players to go along with it. So again, it's hard to argue with how the draft board lined up. You might have had questions overall, again, casual fan, end of the first round, like, we have a glaring need here. Why are we not meeting this? Uh, They did. Uh, it, it took the second round to get there, which, again, historically is what they've done. And you had two premium uh, defensive uh, talents uh, to go along with it. As an, as an outsider looking in, I liked what they did with the draft. I just want to mention quick, they did draft a couple of offensive linemen that are very much Packers picks as well. Uh, 99th percentile athletes. Uh, Zach Tom was the all-ACC left tackle. He's probably going to play. He can play every position on the line. They so love we're looking guys. at that center. They love guys that can play every position. Remember, they drafted Josh Myers last year. I think Elton Jenkins finally slides over and just becomes the new right tackle. They still have John Runyon. It, it's a very, very much a Packers draft. They love athletes who can play at different positions on the line, and as far as receivers go, they want guys who are big and fast. And I said they're never going to take Jahan Dotson, and couldn't have been more right on that because even if he would have been there, they went for the tall guys, as they always do. So looking at the Buffalo Bills, we have Kair Alam. We talked about him overall being right on the— We had the, the number, the, right? But the different team uh, jump in here. Again, one of the many trades in the, in the first round uh, that was here. Did you like—I uh, forget your— Thoughts when we were, we were talking about him? Did you were you as high on his NFL prospects uh, as some uh, some are? Do you like the pick for Buffalo? I do. Buffalo, he, Elam is the super athletic cornerback pick. He, he takes a few too many risks, but it leads to big plays. So he had six picks and twenty three passes defense the last couple of years at Florida, but he also gets burnt a bit. Think of Trevon Diggs last year in the NFL, right? He led the league in picks, but like PFF hated him because he got torched a lot. Either he was making a pick or he got beat. So they needed to replace, remember Stephon Gilmore left as a free agent. They, they needed to replace, excuse me, not Stephon Gilmore. Tredavious White is still there. They needed somebody on the other side. So Kyrie Leon's going to get balls thrown to him. And if he makes the catches, it's going to be great. Uh, for their best pick, here we go. If you're nicknamed Punt God, you're probably a pretty good punter, <laughs> right? Like, I was amazed that Matt Ariza, I think, was the third punter off the board, but he set a record last year, have, averaging 51 yards a punt and had 40 punts down inside the 20-yard line. I, I it, was so hopeful for Green Bay, but... It's amazing how many teams, and it's gone this way with punting, the the situational punting, uh, being able to angle and do some of these things, have become much more part of that position uh, that just blasting the crap out of the ball uh, is not enough. Uh, that's what this draft showed with it. I mean, the third guy off the board, but I don't see how you're going to be upset overall. Uh, it, special teams is an overlooked part of the game more often than not. Packer fans understand that very well. Uh, having a guy that can change from one side of the field to the other uh, is an underrated uh, strength, uh, and I think this is a guy that can definitely help that. Yeah, I like Buffalo's draft. They're for their worst pick, I have Terrell Bernard. He's more of a blitzing specialist or somebody who's going to play alone probably on special teams. It's a little early to take a guy like that in the third round. A classic draft uh, for the Dallas Cowboys uh, as we look at uh, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Uh, again, you think of they. this is the team that values taking offensive linemen in the first round. Uh, this seems like a guy that fits very, very well for what they have done and continue to do in Dallas. 
So we had this being an O-line pick. We said Linderbaum, and Tyler Smith is kind of the opposite of Tyler Linderbaum, whereas Tyler Linderbaum is just like rock-solid, safe pick. I'd just be shocked if he's not good. Tyler Smith is shooting for the moon, right? He's at Tulsa, but he had 16 penalties last season. 16. That's a lot. Now what you're hoping for is that the physical traits take over, and guess what? This is a team that drafted Tyron Smith. Now you're hoping Tyler Smith develops into Tyron Smith and you get an all-pro. You had Connor Williams, who all of a sudden had the penalty bug uh, last year, so uh, you weren't going to uh, – only so much money to go around, so you didn't keep him. But now if, if you did keep him, how would you fix it? And whatever plan you had for him, great time to look at, uh, at Tyler Smith uh, as far as how to get uh, clean up the, the handwork and some of the technique. And, uh, again, the, the raw talent is there, but he needs to be coached up. Yeah, that I have him as the worst pick. It's just because – Tyler Linderbaum is such a safe pick to me there. I just think it's it's a rock-solid choice. And Who's picked one pick later. Yes, one pick later. Go, he goes, you pick Tyler Smith. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. Best pick, I went with John Ridgeway. He isn't going to rush the quarterback too much, but he's six foot five and 321 pounds. Guess what this team has? Really good linebackers named Leighton Van Der Esch, Jabril Cox, and uh, Micah Parsons, who is awesome. So keep guys off of him. You need a big defensive tackle. John Ridgeway can fill that need. Uh, you've heard of the dad jokes, right? Uh, dad, oh, boy, here we go. This is the lowest hanging fruit are, there are, ever are, is. The corning one. This is the lowest hanging uh, fruit Always the corny, ever. and so you have to go here. It's an obvious dad joke. You have to do it. Uh, the most strange <laughs> pick of the first round comes from Bill Belichick and Cole Strange. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's some low-hanging I'll fruit. Gi- I'll give you a, a second to, uh, I can't to get overcome over it, that man. one. Uh, so Strange fits a need that we recognize, right? I said this could be Kenyon Green. And that's an offensive lineman, too. So I thought they would go offensive line, but I I don't know how many times on the different podcasts and shows I read that this pick has been compared to Logan Mankins, who, guess what? He was widely criticized when the Patriots took him in the first round a while ago, and it went worked out with seven Pro Bowls. So could Cole Strange work out? Absolutely. If there's a team that I'm willing to bet that it works on, it's probably going to be New England. But it's still really, really At the really same time, early. it... it- do you have to? I, there seems to be more of a concern of showing how smart you are. Yes. Uh, where you oversmart yourself, uh, and this screams that. Now again, he might be right. Uh, he's he's done it before, so you, you can't yeah uh, you can't say for sure. But let's not all of a sudden turn Bill Belichick into the elite GM that he's not. There have been many blown draft picks over the years. That team was propped up for a long time by the goat quarterback himself. Uh, and it makes Bill Belichick look like a genius. Well, again, as a uh, defensive wizard, a the chess match, the guy who knows how to take out, okay, if this is the way that you normally beat teams, I'm going to eliminate that off the board and dare you to beat me with someone else. No one does it better. That much as a coach, he is a Hall of Famer. As a GM, he absolutely is not. Uh, and I'm not going to give him credit for Tom Brady. It was a sixth <laughs> round. Everyone had a ch- rejected him for five rounds. You got lucky. That's all that that was. And the rest, as they say, is history. But here's another example of why I, I'm, I'm really starting to buy the conspiracy theory that started over COVID. That is his dog making the picks. I, I'm starting to believe the way these picks have gone, uh, that it's uh, someone else. All right, uh, the, the keyboard is out there. Uh, all of them are programmed to a player, whatever uh, whatever alphabet uh, letter he hits, that's who it's going to be. I'm starting to believe that's actually how the draft goes for New England. Well, I actually think his second-round pick is worse than his first-round pick, and the dog must have hit T because <laughs> he picked Tyquan Thornton. It's probably my least favorite pick of the entire draft. I, 
it's so eerily similar last year to Tutu Atwell to the Rams. And I've criticized that one. And yes, Tyquan Thornton is absurdly fast. Excellently fast. If you need somebody who can stretch the field, go for it. But, 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 but. He wasn't great at Baylor. We've seen this before, right? John Ross, Darius Hayward Bay, Marquise Goodwin. Like, guess what? None of those guys are very good in the NFL. Speed isn't everything. Yes, you could say, okay, we have Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, and they traded for Devontae Parker from Miami. Okay, we can operate underneath. We need somebody to take the top off it. Fine, cool. You take Tyquan Thornton in round five, and you say that we he can run deep. You Why he's a second-round pick, no clue. I don't like uh, the Jets quarterback, and that's the only thing that's keeping me from fully doing this hot take. Uh, but the hot take, could the Jets finish above the, the Patriots? I, I I, I, I'm not the Patriots sold, defense. I'm not sold on Matt Jones being anything more than an average quarterback. Well, I like uh, Matt Jones, and and the he's solid. But again, you watched the way teams would. Uh, Bill Belichick got the absolute most out of him in his rookie year of putting him always in the best possible position to do well. Again, that's what he does well. I don't believe in his ceiling. Uh, and I think there's a chance that that could crumble in year two without a supporting cast that's really around him. So I it, would it surprise me for the Jets to surpass the Patriots next year? No, it would not. My favorite pick is a quarterback they picked. Bailey Zappi has more passing touchdowns in one season than any quarterback in college football history. So now a lot of that's the fact that Western Kentucky runs an amazing air raid system offense where he doesn't have to really do a whole lot other than hit the ball to a guy that's got three years of separation. But... But if there's a quarterback, a coach that can take a quarterback late and turn him into something, whether it's even we can talk Tom Brady all day long, right? But Matt Castle is a seventh round pick and they carved out a nice career and yep. Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. Like all those guys have had limited stretches where they were picked late by the Patriots and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, so I don't know if Bailey's app will ever be anything. Who knows? But it's certainly a fun pick. And it's in the right place has been done time and time again for developing at least uh, NFL uh, rostered, uh, credible rostered players. Uh, can that turn into a, a career backup uh, within it? There's definitely a, a ceiling uh, for that, and we'll see what happens there. Can we the, do a team that is a low-key bad at drafting again? Yeah. I, okay, sorry. I had to cut yeah. you off here. No, okay, you're good. So, That's where we're heading. Jamar Chase last year. Amazing. I was so wrong. Jamar Chase, I, I wasn't wrong because Jamar Chase, I said it was going to be good, but they didn't take but, an offensive line. I, I loved the fit. Here uh, we are. Pick 31. The team that gave up the most sacks got to the Super Bowl where you got sacked nine times. Nine. Nine times. Not ten, but nine. Record bad. Yes, I get that you have a hole in the secondary. You took a safety. Okay, fine. Daxil, good pick. Then you took another safety. Two safeties, back to back. Then a defensive lineman. You got one offensive lineman in the entire draft in the fourth round out of North Dakota State who's not ready to play right away. How? You're going to get Joe Burrow killed here. You have an atrocious line. Atrocious line. I I just couldn't believe. I don't mind Dexel. I think Dexel is pretty good. We didn't have him going on our draft, but it's not that I did doubted his abilities. He flies he, over the He was the a field. consideration in the, yeah. the, the last part of the first round. Yeah. He, he pairs with Jesse Bates to form one of the better top safety trios in the league. But you ended up drafting three safeties in this draft because you took Tyson Anderson late too. You took three safeties, and you drafted one offensive tackle. Why? I'm looking at the, from second and third rounds. There were only, I think, three offensive linemen taken in the second round, so I get uh, there's a depth issue there. Uh, but there are, in the third round, 
uh, there were guys that people really liked, and you saw that going there. And to me, the one that fell the most that would make a, a ton of sense, Abraham Lucas. I mean, that's a guy uh, who has a day one, like, the the guy that could surprise and be a day one starter on the right hand side and be a starter for a team for the next five ten years. Yeah, I, I like that pick. He goes in the third round, and so you you have opportunities to gain some at least some solid guys, and again, you double down and hope that you get one of them for sure right as a potential day one starter. So yes, there's less depth there uh, within it, and you saw it from teams in the full second round, but there were players, uh, draftable players there that could help you as soon as this year, and they chose not to go that route when that was their Achilles heel and last year's team. Here is their projected starting offensive line. Ready for this one? You, you, you raise your hand when you tell me somebody you've heard of. Isaiah Prince is their projected left tackle. You ever heard of him? Because I've not. And I know a lot of football. And you know a lot of football. That's Ohio State guy, I is believe. It? I don't know. Uh, nothing that was worth uh, writing home about. Hakeem Adeniji, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and hey, there's one I've heard of. Lyle Collins. Like, you have an all-world quarterback. You have a great offense. I get it. The right part of your line at least has something. Uh, at least I see two guys that are at least solid. Like, okay, that's good. But you need something on the left-hand side, and I don't see a single thing uh, that is there. Versus, uh, can you tell me, uh, was uh, Bernard Ryman only a right tackle, or was he, he left tackle? He played, he played like left tackle and guard at Central Michigan. Like, yes, that's a good pick. They should have taken Bernard Ryman. And the, he was, uh, uh, that's again, you're talking, make sure I have this right, third round. I mean, the only problem with him was age. He's an older player, so you're not going to get maybe a second contract out of him. Guess what? You don't need to worry about the second contract. You need the first one. He's a potential day one starter. Yeah. He would be a eight. Uh, that would have been a great pick for them awesome. uh, on the left-hand side that was being undervalued because of his age, and it helps you right now. Uh, so there, there were guys, again, just by looking at it uh, in the second and third round, I could find five guys that I'd be comfortable with putting on that left side that would cap off a solid offseason as far as from the what you have done and what you need. You did go out and get a couple of offensive linemen, but you just didn't do all of what you needed where can that still be your Achilles heel this next year? Certainly. And for the, for it to be a mistake that you've already went through uh, to keep going to that same mistake just limits your your uh, your ceiling uh, for when you have uh, your coming out party, essentially. Uh, we wrap up with the last Minnesota team. Vikings. There we go. Uh, they got the last pick of the first round, and that is Lewisine. So back-to-back safeties at the end of the first round with Dax Hill and Lewisine. I actually think Seen is a better tackler than Hill, but probably not as good in coverage. Uh, he can play both safety positions. I think someday he probably replaces Harrison Smith. A year, maybe two Harrison Smith has left, but Harrison Smith's getting up there. Uh, they actually, the Vikings are always a pretty good drafting team. They don't get a lot of credit for it either, but they're a very good drafting team. Delvin Cook isn't always the best at staying healthy. They already have a pretty good backup in, Al- in Alexander Madison, but I liked Ty Chandler. In many ways, he kind of reminded me of Michael Carter. Yeah, the, North Carolina, in the last couple of years, have produced uh, solid NFL running backs and uh, guys that I re- respected very much liked his uh, uh, him stepping right into a running back committee and and. and Positive uh, right out of mm-hmm. the gate. Yeah, and and I like you know I like some of their second round picks too. Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson, very long. This team has had deficiencies at cornerback for a few years. I've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of take advantage of that over the last few years, where they can't really stop the receivers. So they needed to do something. And so this is a team where they invested a couple of early picks in the secondary, and and I like that. They needed that. If you had to pick one team uh, and one pick uh, that nailed it uh, in this year's draft, who would it be? Ooh, that's tough. Um, 
That's why I asked mm. the questions. Tennessee picking Traylon Burks. It's just such a perfect replacement for AJ Brown. I think that's. I think that was a great pick. I would agree with that as well. As far as again, just the the carbon copy, and you get to wait and see if the ceiling is is there. AJ Brown wasn't even AJ Brown in year one, uh, so these things do take uh, do take time. But I, I like the pick. Uh, and you can see everything within it. When first you heard A.J. Brown was getting traded, like, what's going on? Then you see Traylon Burks, like, oh, okay, I get it now. Uh, and uh, so we'll see what uh, what happens there, too. Can we talk about uh, at least a minute mention of some of these teams that didn't have a first-round pick? Just quick ones. Arizona, sure. drafting Trey McBride in the second round, once again. I and get getting it. Marquise Brown. I get it. Cliff Klingsbury, you love offense. I get it. You love offense. But you're kind of like Cincinnati, though. Guess what? You got offense. You had yeah. it. You could use some defense here, bud. We could, you just signed Zach Ertz to a three-year deal. Where's Trey McBride going to play here? I get it, but I don't get it. Uh, that one's weird. Chicago, you need receivers. I get it. You need receivers. You drafted Bayless Jones in the third round, who is older than Darnell Mooney, who's played here for three years. <laughs> you picked a guy who is older than that. I don't get that one at all. That one's weird. Uh, I like Denver's picks. I like Denver's picks a lot. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, who else do I got here? My Oh, let's talk Vegas for a second. Vegas. So Vegas trades their first couple picks for Devontae Adams. And then the day before the draft, they say that they're not going to pick up the option on Josh Jacobs either. So he's got one year left. And then they pick Zamir White. That one's fun because Zamir White, like top-rated recruit in the country when he comes out, always splits carries at Georgia because he's got bad knees. But if Josh Jacobs leaves next year, there's a chance that Zamir White just steps into that Ready-made replacement. Yeah, he's super aggressive. Like He's somebody who wants to, like, hurt the guys trying to tackle him. So I thought that was a fun pick. Channing um, Tindall for the yeah, Miami when they got up there. Again, a, a, a upside linebacker who, again, because there was so much talent on that Georgia defense, everyone didn't play starter snaps. He's one of those those types of guys. Uh, but when you look at his snaps in, in key games uh, within it, uh, playoffs, championship within it, uh, he has more of a chance to shine, and he does shine. Uh, there's a, there's a ceiling there from a, a line uh, linebacker uh, for it, which was in one of the needs that Miami had. To me, he's a carbon copy of, of Jer- uh, Jerome Baker, who they drafted a number of years ago, third-round pick as well from Ohio State. Yeah, I, I love Channing Tindall. Actually, I think they got another pretty good pick that's going to help him later on, Eric Azukanma. So Texas Tech... He's intriguing. Yeah, he is. So they have uh, the Devontae smaller Parker, guys, right? Yeah, they have the uh, smaller guys. Replacement. And Waddle and Tyree Kill, and they signed, who's the Cowboy? Cedric Wilson, right? Yep. So Yak for miles. Yeah, I, I like Eric Azukam. I thought he can contribute right away, too, into that offense. Can we talk one more team? Oh, two more teams. So San Francisco, Tyrion Davis-Price in the second round, is or third round, is arguably as bad of a pick as Hyquan Thornton. Uh, LSU, he, he was fine there. Fine. Not good. Fine. You could have told me he got picked in round five, and I said, okay, that's a good pick. Round three is really early, and this team drafted Elijah Mitchell last year, and he was good, and mm-hmm. Trey Sermon last year. How many running backs can you want, Kyle Shanahan? You have other holes to fill. Like, uh, I don't know, receiver, where your guy hates him. He doesn't want to be there. I don't think Debo Samuel is going to play for this team. So, Darian Davis-Price, not Debo Samuel. You could have taken a receiver there and at least helped some hole that you have. So, that one was weird. And let's talk Tampa Bay quick here because they took Kate Otten in the fourth round. I like that pick because O.J. Howard left. Gronk is uh, retired-ish right now. We don't know if he's coming back or not, and that leaves just Cameron Brady. Tom Brady loves a good tight end who can catch the ball, and Kate Otten can do that. But they also picked Rashad White, which is weird because he's basically a running back that can play wide receiver. And 
you know, we've seen Tom Brady loves a good pass catching running back, right? James White for years. And you'll say, oh, well, oh, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a white Rashad White's James White. No, he's not. He's, He's very, very thin, and Leonard Fournette just got resigned, so I thought that one was kind of weird too. It's uh, there are picks even even in weak drafts, and it's historically along the way, those that are called weak drafts, there are pro bowlers, there are all pros, there are, are guys that that step up, uh, and executives that shine, uh, and finding talent for their team for both win now and development for the future. Uh, and we'll have to see what happens uh, in the next year as far as immediate dividends, uh, who helps to be those guys in this draft. Uh, but that concludes our, our draft uh, review, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, training camp preseason and uh, that. But I don't want any fall weather yet. I want to enjoy some warmer weather. Hopefully that's here in the not-too-distant future. In the offseason, if you want to watch, people are going to get picked in the next years early on. Watch Ohio State, watch Alabama, and watch Georgia because there could be like seven picks out of those guys in the top 15. They're already talking about next year's draft as being very good. Uh, and so we'll look forward to uh, to that coverage, keeping up our, our annual uh, NFL draft review. Until then, see you next year. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino, Rudolph. NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought Detroit was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. Here and in your out. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Welcome back to the NFL draft. I've never seen anything like this.